What's up, Clitorati? So we love to hear success stories from our own Clitorati. So when we saw a viral video about how Clit Talk slash Pleasure Positive had impacted our next guest, we knew we had to have her on the show. From a religious suppressed background to being told her low libido was her fault and being an unstoppable advocate for her own health, well-being, and sexual empowerment, she just released her first book, Wake Her Up, and has gone viral on TikTok, inspiring thousands of women by vulnerably sharing how she went from low libido to her sex drive going through the roof. Please welcome our new friend, Marcella Hill. Welcome. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this. It's crazy. (laughs) No, it was, you know, what's so funny is like, my, I saw your, I, I realized you had sent the video to us, but it went to, you know, the, like the 99 folder or whatever. I, so I didn't yep. see it, but then my cousin sent it to me because they had seen your video and they were like, have you seen this? They mentioned Clit Talk. <laughs> and then I found you on Instagram and found you and then saw that you'd sent us messages. And I was like, oh my God, we have to connect with this incredible woman. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah. So thanks for, <sighs> thanks for being a, a true Clitorati and, and being on the show with oh us. This gosh. is extra special. I've- I don't know that I'm a true clitor. I feel like I'm just getting started. You guys are teaching me so much. I have a lot to learn, apparently, that I didn't even know I had to learn. So I'm just excited that you exist. And I'm so excited I found you. Thank you. We're so excited. We're to so have excited you here. that you found us and definitely <laughs> was like a highlight of my year being sent this video. And at first I had no context. So when you <laughs> said our, when you mentioned our podcast, I cried. I was just like, Oh, people listen to our show. <laughs> yes, quite a few people actually. Yes. People do. Do. Yeah. It just always hits me though, you know. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's so welcome, welcome, welcome. It's such a pleasure to meet you because I know that you did an IG live yes. uh, with uh, my booze, my with work me and wives. Katie, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I couldn't be there. And so I'm just so grateful that I finally get to meet you in the flesh. Yes. Uh, and your journey well, is so inspiring. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You guys are such a integral part of my journey. I mean, it's just been so interesting. Mm. You know, I really, I can't express like how much there is to learn. And I also can't express how much I didn't know, you know, Mm. and I, I don't even know where to start, but honestly, a lot of what you guys are helping me like kind of deconstruct is the word we use in Mm -hmm. like deconstructing the religion. I just didn't know that I didn't feel like my body was mine. I didn't feel Mm. like I had permission to explore sexuality. Mm. I just, honestly, I went from like, don't do this. You're going to go to hell to, oh, you're married. Now serve your husband. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Because you were, so Mm. you were, you were, You've quite the story. You were raised Mormon, is what you had shared with us yes. on on the live, yeah. and which made you know sex, pleasure, and even masturbation. What you said was it made it morally confusing for you. And you told I want I want you to tell the shower story. Oh man. Okay, so <laughs> <The> shower story. <laughs> I want you to tell the shower story, please. So tell us in, about. <laughs> yeah, in my first marriage. Um, My first husband, I didn't know at the time, but he was dealing with um, his own addiction stuff that I think Mm. was causing him to like ignore me completely physically. And I was like begging for affection. I, it would be months, I mean, months 
of no affection. And um, I would find myself in the shower feeling, you know, like I wanted to pleasure myself. But because of my religious beliefs, I was told that if I did that, I would have so much shame. I would need to go talk to a religious authority, which we call a bishop. I would need to go physically sit in a room and talk to a man and tell him that I masturbated so that I could not have that sin and upon me. Like that is what would happen if I took care of myself in the shower. And so I would get in the shower and I would be like, okay, we're good. Like five minutes in and out, let's go, you know, like wash your hair really fast. And I would be like hurrying through my shower. I would get my shampoo in. I would get the conditioner in. And, you know, you have to wait for your conditioner to set, right? You give it a minute. And it would be like that time period where I'd be like, oh crap, oh crap. Like I just got to get out. And I would just get out with conditioner in my hair so that I wouldn't sin. And I'm like so sad for that girl when I talk about that now, Um, because then there's sometimes that like I would succumb to Satan's power, you know, and I would do it. And then the rest of the day, I would just feel so much shame. Like, oh, my gosh, like I can't even look at my kids. I can't even like go outside. I can't even like, oh, my gosh, what would people think of me? You know, I would just feel like a shell of a human because I did this horrible thing that was so shameful. I mean, it's just insane that I yeah. thought that. Mm. It is insane. And now, I mean, honestly, it's hard- I, knowing what you I, know. would, I would say that it's, <laughs> I would say that it's heartbreaking. Like my heart is breaking for that, for that woman and for anyone who feels suppressed, whether it be by religion or by you know, something you've heard, like anyone that is feeling that suppressed and that guilty about their own self-pleasure, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about like in my culture and in my religion, how many like teenagers are going, I mean, I would go to my bishop when I was in high school, when I was like 16, 17 in college, I'd be going to this man, telling him about my sexual sins I mean, you think about all these kids that are going and expressing their sexual sins and trying to suppress it and then feeling like shame after shame after shame after shame after just complete, like, that they're just failing, that they're just complete failure. I mean, Utah has one of the highest um, suicide rates in the United States. Wow. And I really think it's because of shame. And I think a lot of that goes into like shame around sexuality, shame around like pleasuring your body, trying to suppress it when it's just like unsuppressible. Like you just, you shouldn't be. (laughs) Right. And especially because of what we know about now, about how this is such a health conversation. We, We now know there are health benefits to yes. <laughs> orgasm, to these things that are related to expressing oneself sexually. And I really think it's so interesting what you said of like, you you touch on something about not knowing, like you didn't know. And there's like three kind of buckets that Lindsay, Katie and I, we we, we acknowledge in, in some of the coaching work that we do. There's like, what you know, you know, what you know, you don't know. And then the largest bucket is the realm of what we don't know that we don't even know. And just to connect this <clears throat> to their where I think you're leading into um, the realm of what we don't know, what we don't know is where we can control people's, we can control the minds. 
with, they don't know what they don't know. That's the ultimate, right? That ultimate of yeah. keeping people suppressed. And so you have such an interesting journey of, of also with like mental health around just like the conversation of health and sexuality and those, those, those connection points that it's no surprise that there's a higher suicide rate to me with the linkage of the suppression around sexuality, because we know that masturbation impacts your mental health. Yeah. We now have research that supports that. Well, I've even heard, I don't don't know if you've heard about this trend. I just recently heard about this and they're saying it's happening a lot in the Mormon community about this trend where it's called like shaking or something. Where basically soaking, soaking, yes, soaking. <laughs> I had never heard of this in my life. I was like, "What the hell is soaking?" <laughs> what is, like not soaking in a tub? I imagine. No, it's no. like what is soaking? It's, it's, it's like <laughs> when so the girl like lays there and the guy you know inserts himself, but you're not allowed to have sex, so they just sit there and like I guess sometimes like Soak. people will bounce the like they just soak inside them with no thrusting and then sometimes like I've even heard like people will like bounce the bed for them or something <laughs> as if that's like not having sex I know I mean, look at Madison's face it's right insane now. yeah it's insane it's like the, like if you're gonna shame people they're gonna start doing weird shit like soaking I, yeah. like, I was like what the fuck you're having like, sex <laughs> Where's the line? Wow. I mean, this to me is similar to like in Catholicism, like like Katie talks about like, oh, I just had a bunch of anal sex. Somehow like that was different. It's the same thing. It's like you you try to tell people that they're bad and wrong for their true nature. They're going to do really weird shit. Yeah. (laughs) No kidding. Yeah. I kind of want to try this. It sounds kind of soothing, like I'm really. No, tired. they have like it's it's kind of like a kink. Like they have like soaking porn where there'd be like a guy and a girl, and then the other girl's like okay. bouncing the bed. I haven't looked it oh up. My I gosh. just I heard this on another podcast. I don't know what I much get about in, soaking. So would I get in trouble if I just like went on my phone right now and googled soaking porn? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so curious. Would you guys hate oh me? No. I mean, yes. Because like, you'd be on, on track. Phone. Yeah. Um, so anyway, oh I just, I'm sorry. I just, I literally Poor learned thing. this like two weeks ago and I was like, what the fuck? So, yeah. um, so anyways, I want to, I want to go back. I want to go back to. Yeah. Anyways, We've been doing Clit Talk for a while now, over 200 episodes to date, and we have had an influx of new Clitorati, and we still have our consistent OG Clitorati tuning in every week. So we've created a free gift for you. It's called Clit Talk Cliff Notes, the no BS guide to self-pleasure and sexual intimacy. And we're really giving you our best highlight reel of sex tips. We have combined our top sex hacks to give you confidence, communication, orgasms, and the ability to take your pleasure game from zero to a hundred real quick and blow any partner's mind in bed. Included in this bang and free gift is two free audio trainings, self-pleasure is self-love, and our hottest sex tips. We also have unreleased episodes and a fan favorite from our sex and empowerment signature masterclass, an erotic visualization, and a video on orgasmic breathing. Oh, yeah. Mm. 
So to get a little taste of what we do here, you definitely want to sign up for Clit Talk Cliff Notes. Just go to clittalkshow.com backslash guide because Clitorati, it is possible to have quantum leaps in your sex and empowerment with simple and impactful shifts. Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today, yes. I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk, talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow, bring your pussies to the show. Um, she's going to so, get real deep now. No, shut <laughs> up. I am going to get a little deep. I want, I want, I want to know, you know, for anyone who's listening right now that relates to your story a little bit, or maybe is in a similar position, how did you start your journey from, you know, that moment to now being where you are such an advocate for your, for your own sexual, I'm going to say your sexual health and your empowerment, because we're going to get into the whole libido conversation too. Yes. But how, um, how did you, you know, start this journey? Yeah. Unfortunately, it was like through a divorce. It was incredibly painful. You know, I mean, I my whole world was broken in order to get to where you're looking at now. Um, my first husband had an affair and mm. with a friend and it broke my whole world. And then yeah. <clears throat> as a single person... I hook up with this cute guy that I just, honestly, I just didn't care about anything. You know, I felt like I didn't care about myself. I didn't care about my faith. I didn't care about my morals. And I was like giving up everything I was. And I ended up in a sexual relationship feeling like I was abandoning myself and my faith and everything I had ever been taught and I just didn't care. I felt like having a sexual a sexual relationship was me like destroying myself. And mm. um, and interestingly enough, when I had sex with he is now my husband now, but when I had this out of wedlock sex, I called my therapist and I was like. I'm going to hell. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I can't even go in the house to take care of my kids. And she was like, welcome to the other side where you're like, actually not in hell. Like our issue, I'm sitting in the driveway in my car, like bawling that I'm going to go to hell. And she's like, are you in hell? And I was like, well, no. She's like, well, surprise. Welcome to the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, you are an adult. You can choose to have a healthy, happy, like, positive sexual relationship with this man and you can walk in and be a good ma a good mother you can walk in and still be a good friend and a good daughter and like you exist as a whole human still and you can even still talk to god and he will still talk to you and i was just like what like what is this world that i have been told my entire life that like sin was or this sexual sin was literally next to murder. That is what I was taught. And I was taught that it was something that would be so difficult to come back from that I could lose my standing in the church. I literally Mm. like wasn't allowed to go into like the holiest place of the temple. I had to go and uh, report to my bishop like several times a month to be able to like fix this sin. And all of a sudden there I am and I wasn't in hell. 
And I just decided to leave my shame in the car. And I walked in and had like this beautiful day with my kids. And I decided consciously, intentionally to go ahead with a sexual relationship with this man that taught me amazing things that I didn't know existed. And like, I mean, just to get real, I mean, I love your podcast because you guys say the things. You went down (laughs) on me like the first time we were together. And I was like, what the hell is this? I had been married for nine years. He had done it once during the first week of our marriage and never again. And I just figured like, that's not a thing. I guess I'm gross or whatever. And then this new husband, like all the time, every time. And I'm like, I'm here for that. But he had to like teach me like, this is a thing that is good and comfortable and happy. And it's like pleasurable. And it's it's okay for you to receive pleasure rather than oh me God. just like giving, like I always just thought sex was me giving up myself. Like something Whoa. that was happening to me all the time. And I didn't, I did not know that sex could be a thing. This is the thing. I listened. What podcast is it that you guys talk about? Like dick whispering. (laughs) Yeah, that was our favorite. Tammy Morgan. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That literally was like, I don't know why, but that was one that just like spoke to my soul. And the reason why is because I had never heard the act of doing something like that. Mm. in a way that was like positive. Like she was like a motivational speaker, basically like <laughs> sucking dick. And I was like, well, I could do that. I literally am a motivational speaker. Like if I can oh like my. feel like I'm standing on a stage, but in my bedroom, like sign me up every day. Oh my God. Like instead of like feeling like something's happening to me that I'm having to like give up myself and be not the best parts of myself. Like I, I will, I will light you up. Like that was way better. I just had never, ever heard any of my friends, anyone ever speak about doing sex or giving a man pleasure in a way that was like enlightening. It always seemed shameful. Like you were just some hooker, you know, cause that's mm-hmm. how it's displayed in movies. That's mm-hmm. how it's talked about in my friends where people are like, oh my gosh, she just wanted me to give him a blowjob. Ugh. Like, no one's right. like, I'm good at it. I'm damn good at that. No <laughs> one yeah. says that. Yeah. Oh, and my gosh. She, I am living expre- for this for yeah. you. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> when she expressed you just, that, it yeah. was like a new talent. I was like, wait, I can get good at it and I can enjoy it. And it could be something that's like, look what I can do. Like, that is awesome. All right. Maybe we need to do a full on how to suck good dick episode. Yeah. I, wait, <laughs> I feel like we may have done that, actually. Did we we do have a dick. We have a dick sucking. We have a dick whispering. Yeah, but I yeah, think yeah. we should just be like, uh, uh, like here's our here's our new since a year ago or a year and a half. Whenever we interviewed Tiomi, I feel like there's uh, there's more wisdom to share now that we've integrated yeah. this practice into our lives. <laughs> dick so deeply. sucking 2.0. Let me tell you something. The only th- reason I think that my dick sucking game has leveled up to your point, Marcella, is <laughs> with this new context of dick whispering, like. Yes, making it uh, spiritual or enlightening, as you said, um, oh and 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 I feel like that is what has made it better. It's not necessarily that like the licking or the sucking or the stroking has changed much, but how I show up for that has mm-hmm. for sure changed. Like, it's about your it's about your energy, and I and I feel it's the same when I'm receiving oral sex. 
you can tell when someone is genuinely into it. Yes. And when they're being performative or they're doing it because they feel like they have to. Like, thank God my fiance genuinely loves to eat pussy. Like, it's (laughs) a deal breaker for me. But I, and I also genuinely love to suck his dick. He's not as, he's less into it than I am. I'm like, can I please suck your dick? He just wants to get to the sex. Honestly, I don't, I don't think I could enjoy it. I don't think I did enjoy it until I listened to your podcast. I didn't know how, I didn't know what it looked like to enjoy it because the only time you see people doing that is like in movies where it's a hooker in a car, mm. right? Like that's the only visual of like blowjob in my brain. That's or, true. you know, it's like, hooker it's happening car. to this woman and she's on her knees and he's putting her himself in her mouth and it's like happening to her. It's not something that she's yeah. like giving like right. as a service to humanity, <laughs> right? And Which is how you um, see it now. And I think that, <laughs> I mean, that's where I'm at now. I mean, honestly, I've just, I went from feeling so much shame to getting in. Well, honestly, my sex drive went through the roof and that's where I found you guys. So I started hormone therapy because my no sex drive was like going to destroy my marriage because I didn't feel like having sex ever, ever. I didn't want to be touched even mm. though every time we had sex, it was amazing. I still was like, what is wrong with me? Maybe I don't love my husband. I felt like so dead inside, so numb mm. that I just thought I was crazy. And I was doing all the things, you know, listening to the happy podcast and working out and eating well and doing all yeah. this. And nothing seemed to like turn my body on to the point where I was like, let's have sex. It was just like a chore. Yeah. And so, and I'm so glad you brought this up because this was the other thing we want to talk about. This was what your video, your viral video, your viral video was actually about your libido. And Mm -hmm. I did look up a few statistics. So one in six women in the United States are currently on antidepressants. And and it's proven that over 14,000 patients of those with those diagnoses of depression have had a 50 to 70% risk of developing sexual dysfunction because of the antidepressants. And so this conversation, you're a really advocate because you were looking to to develop your libido. And we've talked a lot about on this show, like, you know, mismatched libidos could be your erotic blueprint and this and that. And sometimes it is a biological thing as well. We're not doctors. You're not a doctor. None of us are medical professions. We're just here sharing your personal story right now. But I thought that it was one worth sharing. And, you know, tell the story. So you went to your doctor and they told you that basically yeah, so your libido I'm, was your yeah. fault and to go on antidepressants. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just to add to your statistics, I don't know if you know this, but the um, North American Menopause Society for menopause, for hot flashes, the first go-to is antidepressants for hot flashes. It's supposed to decrease hot flashes, but then in turn, it lowers your libido and causes all kinds of other problems. But so that's to add to your statistics. But at 36... I was just dead inside. I did not want him to touch me. I thought this is crazy because sex is good. Why wouldn't I want it? I go to my gynecologist. She draws my blood, says, hey, everything looks normal. Your hormones are fine. Um, You're just, you know, you're just kind of at that age. 
It's just kind of what goes. It's just what happens. At 36? Like, you're supposed to lose cool. You're in your fucking prime. Yeah. Are you kidding God. me? No way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I'll just keep trying, you know? I mean, what are you going to do? I don't know. I had blood drawn. She said it was normal. What else are you going to do? <laughs> right, so right. my husband and I go to therapy. We go to therapy for a while. I try to do all these things. I finally end up having to get a hysterectomy because I had a prolapsed uterus. So I had a hysterectomy. I'm thinking, oh, oh this is going to make my body feel better. Like we're going to just like, everything's going to be good. A year later, everything's way worse, way, way worse. And I'm to the point where I'm like, I can't even stand you anymore. Like, I'm pretty sure it's you, like my husband, that's the problem. He's not romantic enough. You know, he's not doing it right. I mean, I don't even know. I just couldn't figure it out. And a friend said, you know, you should try hormone therapy. All your symptoms sound like mine, like your body aches, you're not sleeping. Um, you don't want anyone to touch you. Not even like my little girl. Like I didn't even want her to put her hand on my arm. Like my skin just felt like I was crawling all the time. So heck no, I didn't want to have sex. And I go to a hormone therapist who does bioidentical hormone therapy. And um, I there's lots of different ways. There's like creams and pills. And I did the pellets, which I've never heard of before. I go to this med spa. They do pellets, like insert it under your skin. A week later, I'm sleeping all through the night. So I feel rested. Uh, Two weeks later, I have like tons of energy throughout the day. And three months into it, my libido goes like, I am like a 19 year old. I am like thinking about sex all the time, all the time. And I'm like asking my husband, like, is this how your brain works? This is crazy. Like, how does anybody get anything done? But here's what happened. I had so much sex drive, like I was feeling horny all the time that I started feeling guilty (laughs) because of my faith. Oh my God. Right? So I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like he's not around all the time, right? Like I'm wanting to get like toys, vibrators. I'm wanting to get a shower all the time. He's not there all the time. I'm like starting to feel bad. So I go kind of on this journey of like, okay, what else is there? Like, if I don't believe in my faith anymore, I was kind of losing my faith, stepping away from the church. I was Mm -hmm. like, then what is sexuality? Like, what is an orgasm for me? Why do I need that? How is this important to me? How does this benefit my life? I've got to figure out how to restructure this. I read like living or an orgasmic life. I don't know the author. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read that. And it just kind of like, you know, went down this rabbit hole. I started Googling like, sexual podcast. I don't remember what I Googled (laughs) to find you guys, but like your clit talk thing, it literally was like a splash of water to my face. Like Mm. the, the picture of it, it looked classy. I listened to it and it's like these girls that I felt like could be my best friends talking about sex in a way that I literally never heard. It was kind of a melt my face off. I was like blushing and like I had to like force myself to listen to it. I was like, no, Marcella, you, if you're going to reconstructure how you think about sex, you have to make yourself listen to yeah. something you've never heard before. You have to, mm-hmm. you know, and there are a lot of your podcasts that were incredibly uncomfortable for I'm me. I'm sure. But I made myself listen to it because I was like, I have to fall somewhere on my own. You know, yeah. I've got to figure out 
where to go. I needed to listen to something pretty extreme that could teach me a different way of thinking about sex and restructuring sex. You know, Mm -hmm. I wasn't really here to listen to like tips and tricks, but I mean, they've been incredibly helpful. But what it did for me is it helped me understand, holy crap, like sex and the act of sex and sexuality and sex drive is not for another person. It's not for him. Like having this sexual energy inside of myself, it lights everything up. Yes. You know, I just thought Mm -hmm. I needed a sex drive so I could perform in the bedroom and take care of him every night or a few times a week, you know? I say every night as an extreme. (laughs) but um, With those pellets, you know? (laughs) Yeah, right? I know, you do what you gotta do. But it literally... I I had no idea. Like, you don't know what you don't know. I didn't know that having a sex drive inside my body lit up everything I do. It just makes you spunky and feel sexy. And, you know, you can gain a few pounds and still feel like having sex. I thought, oh, I have to be tiny to want to, to feel sexy. I have to have all of the laundry done to want to have sex. He has to have taken me on like some beautiful date for me to want to have sex. That is all bullshit. It's not true. Like you're a sexual being, you're a human. You should feel like pleasure. You should feel like you want to pleasure your body. And I mean, since then, I've gotten into like Tantra, which is like, why yes. are we not talking about that? Wow. Yes. I'm like, as soon, I literally Googled Tantra for beginners. I read one tiny article and I was like, that is literally sums up the sex that every woman would ever want. Why aren't we doing <laughs> sex that way? Right. right. Like Totally. I went to a bridal shower with my grandma, aunts, uncles, or not uncles, aunts, cousins. And we had to go around the room and give one tip for the new bride. And I legit was like, please, please look up Tantra. I am sitting in like a whole room of Mormons, all very Mormon. And I was like, look, you're about to go from no sex to sex. And no one in this room talks about it. I was like, you have to look up Tantra immediately and you have to know what sex does for you because Mm -hmm. it is not something, I mean, I just laid it out. And the joke was, I was so uncomfortable. I was like, oh, my grandma's probably just like, what are you doing? And no one said anything to me. I was like, oh, that was probably not appropriate. And a few days later, one of my cousins messaged me on Facebook that I had never talked to before. It's like a cousin of a cousin. And she was like, what you said, I'd never heard anyone talk about sex like that. Tell me more. Wow. And she'd only been married for like, I think she's been only married for a year. And I was like, this will change this girl's world. Well, you and know? so I like, you've dropped so many golden nuggets this episode. I'm just sitting here with goosebumps. First of all, like, I'm so moved by your story and so blown away like from point A to point B, now the advocate you're being not only for yourself, but for others for you to say that in front of a room of Mormons, like, (laughs) oh my God, can you just stand in your accomplishment of that? Like what it took for you to have the courage to do that in that moment is no small feat. And it's really amazing. And, you know, when you were talking about, you know, how the, how, when you embrace your sexual energy, it, it leaks over into every area of your life. That is exactly why we still do this podcast because we all had similar transformations. And yes, it starts in the bedroom, but it it like 
you know, that's why we created our live eight-week sex and empowerment course so that we could synthesize what took us five years and have people get it in two months. And we've had people come out of the closet. We've had people land their dream job. Like it is the thing that completes your transformation because it is a part of your essence. It's a part of your soul, your sex center, as we call it, right? And without that, we're incomplete, I think. Mm. Yes. I mean, there's in in the study of Tantra and how it reframes the speaking about your man part and your lady parts and all this and yeah. how you talk about like, it is like your other heart, you know, that you're, you have this one heart in your chest and then you have another heart down below. And I was like, wait, if that is my heart, like, how do I get to know that? And how do I use that? Because I feel like I use my heart and my chest all the time for like love. And then mm-hmm. if we're going to restructure that into like, you have this other heart that you don't know about, like it's a whole nother part of you. Yeah. And yeah. it's just sex have been diminished down to this one act that takes a few minutes and it's just not true. And as soon as more women start embracing what sex actually can be, it's like, it's going to change the world when women realize like, wait, sex isn't like a two minute deal where you put your like penis into my vagina. Like it's just, that's not what what you're, what you're, what you're speaking to is an entire way of living. Right. And we, we call it pleasure positive living. That's, we just changed our name to that. Because I because I would love for you to be able to actually recommend our podcast to some Mormons, maybe, right? Like, <laughs> like clit talk, we love it. And we want to, we want, uh, we believe that a million people living a pleasure positive life is access to peace on earth. Yeah. I don't know if you guys ever listened to like Power of Now, but they talk about, you know, we, in Mormonism, we talk about how the world will end in total devastation, like fire <laughs> and hell, you know, I mean, that it's just gonna, we're all going to burn up or explode or whatever. And uh, in the part of now, he talks about the world ends in love. Like mm-hmm. when everyone accepts like love and pleasure and is fully available in everything that they are, that's when the world ends. And when you get to that place where you don't care what other people think and you're fully there trying to be everything that you are, yeah, the world really does end. You know, it's just like it as doesn't you, pertain as you to you knew it. <laughs> as you well, knew and, it. <laughs> right? And the one thing that is interesting about talking about the world ending is when you are in an orgasm. That is such a complete state of being, mm-hmm. all of you. You know, it feels the same as when you go into like full meditation and like yoga or something. You're like out of your mind in this space where like there's no end, no beginning, no, you can't like create specific thoughts. You're just hanging in midair. And if more people could practice, meditation, which is also orgasm and Mm -hmm. really realize like orgasm is this like, I don't know, like out of your mind experience that we should spend more time in, we would give it more, we would give it more weight. We would want to spend more time there. Well, and you've you've heard of, you've heard about the, yeah, once we really understand the benefits of something, the true impact of something, there's like a willingness to ch- to change the behavior and drop into that. So like you're, I love like 
like keep preaching, you know, like, and it's like in the, in, in this conversation, I see you having the ability to be a spokesperson on this topic for the Mormon community. <laughs> Let's just say, I already see that for you. It's already happening in a microcosmic ways. Um, but yeah, to, to, to take, to take pleasure, to take health back in our own hands. I feel like that is really, um, the essence of your story. And for everyone listening, you know, think about the last time you went to the doctor for some sort of ailment and they told you what it was and you just listened and then kept going on with your life and then it didn't go away, right? Well, until you take your health into your hands, you're not going to go get a second opinion or talk to this friend or talk to your therapist to get to the fucking bottom of it. You're just going to keep going on like something's wrong with me and the doctor said, and so the doctor knows. And I think we live in a world culture where that's how we operate very much in like, and we don't question what we're told, like really question it and say, got it. You're the doctor. I'm going to go get five other doctor's opinions. And I'm going to talk to a friend and I'm going to talk to my therapist. Like you are embodying what we talk about being responsible for our pleasure and our well being, and what it looks like to be truly responsible for being the source of your health, vitality, pleasure, and well being looks like Marcella Hill. So just for everyone listening right now, being like, That thing for me, there's something, if you feel like, why am I not having this breakthrough? There's a certain way of being. There's a certain place to come to within yourself that I feel like, Marcella, you really came to with yourself. And once you registered within you and clicked it on, now you're causing miracles everywhere around you, but no one did that for you. And I feel like everyone's kind of waiting to be saved. Who's going to do it for me? Who's going to make me come? Who's going to make me better? Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, and that's why I wrote my book, you know, wake her up. If something, if you feel like something's missing, it's you. If you feel like something is missing in your relationship, it is you. If you feel like something is missing in your sexual experience, it's you, right? Like, and we have this power inside of us that no one is utilizing, we're all either just relying on God out there in the universe somewhere or (laughs) relying on our partner to be our person that's fulfilling all these things. And Mm -hmm. we're not even showing up. We're not even spending time to get to know ourselves. We're not spending time to know what brings us joy, what brings us pleasure. We think that the things that bring us joy and pleasure are extra. It's not. It's literally your air. And everyone's like, where did I go? I feel so dead inside. I don't know who I am anymore. Well, no shit. You don't know who you are anymore. Like you haven't even done anything that is you, Yeah, right? Like you're doing the dishes. You're running kids all over town. You're like giving up yourself in a sex form. And then you're like, where did I go? Well, like, come on. Like if your kid never did anything, never played sports, never found their thing, never found their people, you would go sign your kid up for every damn thing you possibly could so your kid could find themselves. Yeah. And then here we are at like 40 being like, where did I go? And we're not like signing up for an art class. We're not signing up for yoga. We're not going and doing anything to find ourselves. We're just sitting there waiting for someone to show up and be like, there you are. And that's never going to happen. Well, it's like- Instagram isn't going to- yeah, Instagram is not going to yeah. fix it. <laughs> well, yeah. and that's and that's one of the things, right? In order to live a pleasure positive life, what if you actually pulled out your calendar every month and you mapped your pleasure on first and had your life work around your pleasure? Now, I think to a lot of people that sounds like an indulgence, and to me that concept sounded like an indulgence at first too. 
But do you know what happened when I started doing that? I got more productive. I started accomplishing more. I started making more money. I got engaged. That's exactly what happens when you stop long enough, pause like for a second, literally right now and just say like, oh, what does Marcella need? Where Mm -hmm. is Marcella at? How can I serve her? How can I help her? When I started asking myself those questions, I went on this journey called a hundred days of being me on purpose. And it was like, there's no work work. There's no, like, it's not a thing. It's just me waking up journaling, like, what does Marcella need today? And I would just think like, oh, today I need to do the laundry because it's really in my brain. It's been bugging me. Or today I need to go visit a friend. During that hundred days, I wrote the book in 30 days. At the last 30 days of that 100 Days on Purpose, I wrote a book. I started, like I reframed my entire business. I started traveling all over, speaking about um, creating joy from the flaws with my other company that I own. Like Mm -hmm. I did all these things that I even look back and I'm like, how did I do all of that? And it's because I was intentionally asking myself, like, where is Marcella need to be today? Yep, you were in your pleasure. Yeah. You're the one missing. We think that like we're inconveniencing the world or the people around us with the thing that brings us joy. And then at the exact same time, we're like, I don't know where I am. Like you are the thing that is missing and you finding your joy, you finding yourself. It is, it is the thing the world needs. And it's not extra. Self-care is not a luxury. If you think you're doing the people in your life a service by not taking care of yourself, well, that's what you're modeling for them. And you're not showing up as your best. Like self-care is not a luxury. (laughs) Somebody told me once, because we're kind of going through this session, I was talking about writing my book and starting speaking. And I was like, well, who am I to do this? Like just feels so um, pretentious. And I just, you know, I just don't want to make people feel small and she straight up looked me in the face and said, if you don't do this, if you cease to be everything you are, that will be the most selfish thing you could ever do. Mm. And it even like now, it like just daggered to my heart because it's so true. All these mothers are running around giving of themselves all selflessly. But then what are we doing? We're literally becoming victims of motherhood, victims of mm. being a woman. We are not victims. And we are incredibly powerful. And I think just, I just want to call bullshit on like the whole world and everything I've ever learned. (laughs) I just feel like, no, like none of it's true. Like we are all like everything we need to know is within us and we deserve pleasure. And our pleasure is the thing that changes the world. Like we imagine, imagine a world where women, like you walk into a room and there's a hundred women there that all feel good. Like we don't even know what feeling good looks like. We don't even know what that is because all these women are walking around feeling like shit all the time. And we're being told that's normal. Right. It's not normal to not sleep. It's not normal to not want to have sex. It's not normal to feel like crap all the time. Feeling good shouldn't be a miracle. It should be how the world is. Women should just feel good. We should know who we are and we should be able to use our power. It shouldn't be this miraculous thing. Like I should not be as well known as I am right now because I found myself kind of. Right. Like I like really, really crappily did it in a crappy way. And I'm still like 
really not good at it. But yet people are like, wow. And I'm like, oh, this is bad. Like if I'm like a level up, like we're really not doing good. (laughs) You know, like we all deserve to feel good and it shouldn't be an anomaly when one of us does. Yeah. Mm. What a, what a powerful way to, to bookend this conversation. (laughs) Like it should not be an anomaly to feel good. Absolutely not. Um, the Marcella movement is real. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <Yes>. I'm a fan. <laughs> Work, I'm a fan too. And um, just feel such a beautiful like allyship with you, Marcella, in our, you know, similar, similar come to, wow, I have a pun right now that I don't know if it even works. I was like, similar come to Jesus moments. And then I'm like, I don't know. Is Jesus part of that equation? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> is he? I don't know. You'll have to educate me later on like Mormon. But it kind of wraps it up, right? Yeah. (laughs) And Um, I feel such an allyship with you and your message. So excited to continue um, collaborating and sharing our like-minded messages with as many people as possible. Marcella, you are such a gift and such a miracle. Thank you so much for uh, being who you are and the love behind your message is so palpable. Like the words you're saying or you know, that's one side of it, but the frequency in which you're holding these words is so inspiring. Yeah. I feel like it's safe to say that Lindsay and I have both had goosebumps this entire episode. Yep. You speak with such, uh, such great love. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I, just what you're doing is so important. Like I, for me to even listen to your podcast takes bravery on my part. I can't imagine <laughs> like being on your end like speaking it out. I mean, just for me to use the word like, we've had our moments around people. I'm like, ah, I just said that. Um, (laughs) But I just want to keep, I just want to reiterate like one, thank you for having me. Thank you for knowing that this is important to women and keep like melting our faces off. Keep saying the hard (laughs) stuff. Keep waking up our souls and our vaginas and all the things because (laughs) it is just literally going to light the world. Like you guys are just a, you're just, it's so refreshing to listen to. It's not like anything I've ever heard. And you're Thank important. You. Thank you so Aww. much. <laughs> and Marcella. and Marcella, I'm sure our, our <clears throat> listeners are dying to know how can they follow you, keep following your journey? What's the best way to keep in touch with you? Best way to get your book? Amazing. I uh, You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok. I have a bigger following on TikTok. I have about 252,000 followers on TikTok, all talking about hormones and (laughs) sex and all the things and waking up in all areas of your life. So my TikTok and Instagram are being Marcella Hill. And you can also go to MarcellaHill.com to get my book. You can find Wake Her Up on, sorry, you can find Wake Her Up on Amazon. It's on Audible. So if you don't hate my voice, you can listen to more of my voice there. Um, you know what? I just have to say, I I didn't know. I was so afraid about my voice because I used mm. to have this really pitchy high voice. And I was afraid that if I came out with this book, I would never do an audible because I, it would just be annoying. Guess what? Because of the testosterone, it lowered my voice. <sighs> and often on my Instagram and when I'm speaking, people are like, I love listening to your voice. I can listen <laughs> to it all day. And I was like, well, then I guess I'll go record an audible. <laughs> Talk about manifesting. That's, yeah, right? <laughs> That's amazing. I'm going to get the audible. I wanna, I wanna, I'm want. i an audible girl, so I'm happy to hear that it's on audible. So Wake Her well, Up is the name of the book. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for having me. 
No, thank you for coming on. This is just the beginning of our our collaboration. We're 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 on your team, and hopefully, you're on ours as well. Um, thank you so much for coming on today. We hope this conversation made a difference for you, Clitorati. And with that, we're gonna see you next Tuesday. Bye bye. Bye. If you liked this and are curious about our Clit Talk curriculum, we have a waitlist for our upcoming free workshops and our Sex and Empowerment Signature Masterclass in 2022. Nothing like starting the new year guided by pleasure. Sign up for the waitlist to come tap into your pussy sanctuary with Katie, myself, Sugar, and Lindsay at www.clittalkshow.com backslash waitlist. That's clittalkshow.com backslash waitlist.